everyone and welcome back to the In This Haddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter as we'll be previewing this weekend's ITV action. But before we get into the racing, Katie, how are things with you? Have uh, you been having a good week? Yeah, it's been a busy week, but an enjoyable one. And I'm looking forward to Kempton on Saturday. It's quite a decent card. Um, yeah, lots of some nice horses out. I think Paul Nichols could have a really good day. Um, and get a bit more of that prize money. So uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. This is probably, instead of a Cheltenham trials meeting, you could maybe argue that this could end up being a, an entry trials meeting. There's probably going to be quite a few horses here that might swerve Cheltenham, but come entry, um, that could be where their big targets lie. So, yeah, um, could be some interesting clues on offer uh, for that meeting uh, in a couple of months. But uh, let's get into it then. The first race we're going to look at is the 115 at Kempton. It's a Coral Racing Club handicap hurdle. Largy Poet is your favourite at 6 to 1. We've then got Joker to May along with Sea Invasion at 13 to 2. Pentland Hills at 8 to 1. Lord of Cheshire at 9s. Fantastic Lady along with Gethsonic and Resplendent Grey at 12s. And bigger are the rest. Katie, not the easiest uh, race to solve. Uh, for our first one tonight. Um, but did you have a particular strong fancy in it? No, not really. It, it looks like an open race. Uh, Fantastic Lady is a, a horse that I always watch and keep an eye on, see how she gets on. She's off a mark of 139 here, uh, running over hurdles. She's one for four rated over fences. I, I'd imagine that she'd probably be going for the Topham again at Aintree. She ran a, a really good race in it last year. But she has that entry in the Grand National as well, so uh, we'll have to see where she ends up, uh, what her target is going to be. Um, but I think if she she runs in the top of them again, I'd be very interested in her. I'm not sure if this is really her bag and she's carrying Lamstone 13 and she's having to give away a lot of weight. Um, but at the ratings, you know, she's £5 well in on a chase mark. Um, but I'd imagine it's a prep run more so than anything. Uh, otherwise, there aren't any of them really sticking out to me. Um, so this is a race that I probably leave. I think there's plenty more to get stuck into later on in the card. Yeah, you're probably right there. It's not the easiest race to solve, but um, yeah, I think uh, Fantastic Lady, she's an interesting horse coming here over hurdles and yeah, probably entry could be uh, one of her big uh, season targets. Uh, I'm going to give a chance here to Penland Hills uh, for Nicky Henderson. He's a horse that I've been keeping my eye on of late because I do think he's going to pop up sometime. Um, he's not been seen since Doncaster when he finished second back in December, but I thought that was quite a good run that day. Um, he's been raised £2 for that run, but Freddie Gordon is booked for the ride, and I really like Freddie, really good jockey, Chris Gordon's son. Um, claiming a handy £5. I just thought that might make the world a difference. And uh, I think he's fairly treated if he can rediscover some of his old form. Of course, he's never really lived up to the height since he won the Triumph Hurdle a few years ago now. But I think he, he's more than capable of running well. And yeah, I think off a mark of one four two, he definitely holds a little bit of a class edge. Um, I was trying to see if he had a, an entry for the Martin Pipe. I can't seem to find one for him because that was the kind of race I was hoping he was uh, going to run in. Um, I've seen Nicky in the past have a, a few horses uh, run in that, in that race and that they've run well. They maybe haven't won, but they've filled the places sometimes at big prices. And I thought 
he might be able to fit the mould. So, um, yeah, he, he's the way I was thinking. Pentland Hills, I think he's got a good each-way chance. And, um, yeah, he, he's going to be my selection in the 115. At Kempton, we're now going to move on to the next race we're going to have a look at, which is the 150. It's the Coral Adonis Juvenile Hurdle, so Grade 2. And Calif de Burley is your favourite. Odds on at 10 to 11. We then got Gimme 5 at 7 to 2. Captain Marvellous 9s along with Peking Opera. Swift Hawk 10s. And Tarantino is the outsider at 100 to 1. Katie, for quite a few people, I think Calif de Burley is going to be one of those horses uh, that people will be putting in multiples. Do you think um, he's going to be a class above these rivals? Well, before we get into this one, do you want to explain to the listeners why Calif de Burley is carrying a £5 penalty? Yeah, I suppose I, I could go into that. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I put it out there earlier that uh, I was a bit intrigued to find out why he was carrying a, a £5 penalty. Because from what I could see, he actually hadn't won uh, any graded races. Um, you know, he, he just won at Compiègne and he won over the course and distance last time out. They weren't graded races, um, and all the other horses like Gimme Five have won two races, and he's not carrying an extra five pounds. So I thought that was a bit confusing, and it turns out, uh, thanks to a couple of the guys on Twitter, that they said that the reason he's got to carry a, a five pound penalty is because the race he won in Compion is uh, the equivalent of like a Grade Two, as it were, in the UK. So. It has been a little bit frustrating trying to find out that information. It wasn't on the BHA website, and if you try and look at the, the conditions, it wasn't very clear to why. So, yeah, um, that is why he's going to be carrying the £5 penalty. But I do think Calif de Burley is... I think he is probably the class above above these rivals. Gimme 5 was a good winner last time out at Warwick, but I'm not sure the substance of that form. I think the form of Calif de Burley's race is pretty good. Roaring Legend, okay, was disappointing in Market Raisin, but the time before that did run well at Musselburgh, and the horse that beat him at Market Raisin, Cali de Joy, was actually quite a good winner at Market Raisin on Tuesday. I was there that day, and it was interesting that Nico de Boinville made the long journey up there just for one ride, and um, yeah, he was quite uh, weak in the betting, but uh, he, he always looked like the winner coming up the home straight, travelled really well, and picked him off. So, yeah, it did look quite a warm little race and uh, I do think Calif de Burley it was interesting that they mentioned this race after he won and it looks like he's been lined up for it so yeah he might be a bit short for some people but I do think uh, he could definitely be a class above these what did you think Casey? Yeah I think he's the one to be he's the winner over course and distance he won easily didn't he in his first start for Paul Nichols. Harry Copland was able to get a bit of a breathe into him as well before turning from home and Although he jumped slightly to his left, he was quite fluent over his hurdles. and So that wouldn't worry me too much. The form of the race has worked that well, as you touched upon. The second from that race, Roaring Legend, he finished second in a listed race since. The third, the Yellow Star, he's run his maiden hurdle since. All in you for David Maxwell was fourth in that race. He'd previously won uh, in France and he was purchased for €230,000. So you'd hope that he could turn out to be useful enough. And then the fifth, Cado de Joy, as you mentioned, went at market raising. He reversed that form with Roman Legend, who was odds on in that race. It's produced plenty of winners in behind. Uh, so you'd hope that Calif de Burley, who won easily, um, you know, could be up to this level. Gimme five is worth mentioning. He's two from two for Harry Derham. 
Yes, a nice form from Ireland. He finished fifth in Paddington's maiden win at the Curra, actually, when trained by Johnny Murta. At market raising, he showed a good turn of foot to get away from Cartoon and Co, who had that experience in hand, and he received £7 from him that day as well. I wasn't really convinced by his jumping, though. He made a bad mistake at the first, which you can forgive, but I felt like he was always losing half a length. Um, at his flights and it, although it didn't stop his momentum and he did improve plenty at Warwick next time out when everything went quite straightforward for him um, I just have a feeling that Calif de Burley will be more efficient over his hurdles and that could make all of the difference on the day so I think he probably has that class urgent and I'd be surprised if he was beaten if, if he can replicate that performance at Kempton last time out yeah I'm in agreement with you the one that if there was a horse that could maybe throw a span in the works is Peking Opera. Good horse on the flat. Peking Opera, I knew you were going to say that. Because Aidan O'Brien trained him. He has to be a good horse. Yeah, we finished fourth in an Irish derby, you know. So, And even some of his other form wasn't terrible. We finished third behind Boban um, on the flat the yeah, last... The, listed winner as well. Yeah, the last time he was running over there. So you couldn't completely rule him out and he won on debut at Sandown and could be open to more improvement and Gary Moore knows what he's doing with with a juvenile hurdler so he's definitely an interesting yeah, I think the form runner. the form of that good doctor run the good doctor who he beat last time um at Sandown I think it could work out quite well the good doctor looks quite a nice prospect for Ben Pauling but he did receive plenty of weight from him that day which is just the worry because he he had to really battle to get the win, and once he got his head in front, he did stay on in, in the final few hundred yards. But I'm just I'm not sure the form is quite good enough compared with the form of Calif de Burley and possibly Give Me Five as well. So I think he has to improve plenty for that debut round over hurdles. Yeah, he probably does. But yeah, just thought he was an interesting runner. Maybe could be a little bit overpriced on on his flat form. So. Yeah, Peking Opera, maybe just one tonight. Uh, there, we're now moving on to the 227. It's the Coral Pendle Novices Chase. It's a grade two. And this has quite an open look to it this year. Uh, Blow Your Wad is your favourite, 72, along with Tamuris. Le Patron, a grade one winner, is four to one. Pembroke at fives. Arclight, sixes. And Soul Ike on the outsider at 33 to one. Katie, um, Paul Nichols has obviously got a very good record in this race every time we come around to this meeting every year. It's always thrown out there. He's won it 13 times now, I think. He's got Tamoris. It's fair to say it's probably not the best horse he's run in this race. Do we think he's got a good chance of getting the winner again here? Yeah, I really like Tamoras. Um, With that Nichols record as well, he's been in for a full successive win in the race, a record 14 times overall. I just had some question marks over the reliability of some of the other horses in here. Um, but I really liked Tamoras. He's had three starts over fences. Now, we know that debut runner over fences at Chapstow was was really disappointing from him. He jumped poorly. He never got into the race. He couldn't get into a rhythm at all. He was much better at Aintree, and he battled well to pull away from the runner-up there. And what I would say is the race, it, it did fall apart quite a bit at Aintree. Um, but you know he he backed it up at Exeter because I thought he put in a really good performance on heavy ground. He tried to make all. Uh, they did go slowly enough, um, but it was really testing. And that drift at the end, it, it probably just paid dividend to him. It it was probably what got him beaten. And 
he did quite, make quite a bad mistake late on too. But overall, he jumped. Uh, he jumped fluently, really, throughout. And and I think if he can do that again, um, then I think he, he'll be really tough to beat here because I think he has got that class about him. Uh, so I'd be hoping that he could now show what we were expecting from him over over fences. He's a grade one running novice herder. Um So I hope that he can put it all together and put in a big performance. Kate Mercer is for Katie. I thought Arclight was still a little bit overpriced at six to one. Um, she does obviously have to improve a little bit. Now she's going to be taking on the boys. But a lot of her form is reading really well and she was very impressive when she won here on her debut over fences. She's undefeated over fences. Her run at Wynn Cannon has been franked with um, Marsh Wren winning next time out today at a thousand a listed chase over in Ireland. And even the run at Exeter when she won, you had the likes of Carol's Pass in there. She's come out and won since. So it's good to see her form stacking up. That's something that you would like to see a mayor taking on the boys all the all the mares for um, being franked and, uh, and being boosted. So that is definitely something that I would consider. She gets a mares allowance as well, which if you look at some of the horses that she's getting it from um, on ratings, that means she's probably about level. So she wouldn't have too much to find if we're, once we cancel all that out. So I do think a six to one, she is a little bit overpriced. I think the ground will be okay for her. It was a little bit deeper wind canton that day last time out when she won. So, for me, I, I do think she's a little bit overpriced here and I'll be interested to see how the market plays her on the day. I think she's a horse that people will probably want to side with. I think the likes of maybe Blow Your Wad, Le Patron, they could be maybe a little bit easy to back and I could see maybe the money coming for Tamura. So, yeah, I think the market's probably going to have a little bit of a different look come post-time. But, Katie, what do you think on Arc Blight's uh, chances? Do you think she could go well? I think she could. She's three over. Uh, she's three from three over fences. She looks a progressive mare. Um, I think she could be even better than what she's shown so far, but this is going to be tougher than what she's already faced. And there's a couple of horses in here that are capable of putting in a really big performance on their day. Um, but I can see her running well. Yeah, like I say, I just think her mare's form looks pretty good, in, in at least against the mares. So, so she's definitely worth a shot, shot up in class. Um, and I think um, I do think she's still a little bit overpriced with me. I'm I'm going to be siding with her. So we're going to move on to the next race, which is the three o'clock, which is the Coral Dovecut Novices Hurdle, another Grade Two, and again an, an interesting race here. Um, Lump Sum is your favourite, fifteen to eight. We've then got fiercely. Proud next in at seven to two, Secret Screw eleven to two, Panjari thirteen to two, Willie the Builder twelves, Hellwind fourteens, and Idy Wood the Outsider sixteen to one. Katie, um, we're going to be seeing that form from uh, Jericho Derepine. Um, obviously won at Doncaster last time out, and Lump Sum and Fiercely Proud finished in behind him. Um, do we think that's the best piece of form in the race? Yeah, I think it is. I think he's definitely the one to beat here, and he's the correct favourite. Um, he pushed Jericho de Repine hard last time at Doncaster, and he had plenty of ground to make up in that race as well, having been quite keen early on. He was held up out the back. Um, so to, to finish the race off as he did was hugely impressive, and, and I think he will go well again. 
I'd say he has shown some signs of inexperience with his jumping, but he looks to be, have been improving with every run and he's fairly efficient over his hurdles. Um, so I think if he can keep progressing, then he's going to he's gonna go very well. I found it a tricky race, though, because there's a few horses in here that I really like. It appears to be proud on that Doncaster form. He's probably going to have to improve a little bit to beat Lump Sam. Um, but he had a well-thought win at Taunton previously, and... Ryan's rocket that day, he was sent off as 50 to 1, um, who finished in second, but he previously won a point to point before being bought for 110,000. He hasn't had the opportunity to thank the form. So I think Beastly Proud could probably be the form of his win at Taunton could potentially be upgraded um, and may look better than it currently does on paper. Secret Squirrel is a horse I really like as well. He's a course and distance winner. He's a lovely looking horse. He's only been beaten by two horses in five runs. And he also ran well behind Jericho de Rappene in a previous run, but probably didn't get as close to him as Beastie Brown and Lumpsum did. But he's a consistent horse and I really like the way that he battles. I think he's got a good attitude. And he's probably the one I would just side with at the current prices. But I will give a mention to Panjari too, because he's another horse that I like a lot, a uh, son of Camelot. He's been quite keen at times. He's been, well, he hasn't been the most straightforward horse, but I think when he puts it all together, uh, he's a really talented horse on his day. He finished a good third to go Dante and Doddy the Great when he finished in a dead heat with Donica um, in an earlier run. And I think that form has worked out fantastically well. He's really good at Musselburgh as well when he when he landed his win, beating Bertie's Ballet easily there. He previously finished a three-length second to favour and Fortune, who's now grade one runner-up. So I think that's good form. Um, maybe slightly unreliable, though, so the nod would just go to Secret Squirrel for me. But I think it's a tough race and it could work out to be a really nice one. Yeah, it could do. Um, I actually was looking at a couple of horses you haven't even mentioned in that race. Uh, I thought the outsiders actually, I'm not saying they were going to win, but I thought they potentially could maybe throw their hat into the ring at one point during the race. The one I probably, out of the pair of them, I quite liked Hellwayne for Alan King. Um, he won at Warwick uh, on his hurdles debut, beating a horse, Stuart Emmons, called Toon, Toonside Warrior. Um, he's actually not gone on to do some bad things this season. And the last time we saw him, he finished second in a bit of a Mickey Mouse listed race. It's fair to say uh, Booster Bob or Bolster Bob uh, didn't frank that form last time out. Um, he got beaten uh, last week, but he's, he, he apparently reported that um, Alan King said that he scoped dirty that day and he just had a little bit of time off and they do really like him and they've got some big plans for him coming up. So, it's interesting to see that they do hold him in high regard and they're, they're pitching him in here. I, I do think he's a little bit overpriced and I think on a flatter track, I, th I think he could go well. Some of his bump form isn't that bad and Alan King does have a good record in this race. So he only has £9 to find on official ratings and with only two runs over hurdles, I could definitely see him maybe taking a bit of a step forward. Probably wouldn't be good enough to win, but... I could definitely see him being there or thereabouts. In um, my Rhino Bet blog, I actually did recommend him each way uh, when we had the dead eight runners. But unfortunately, Fassar was a non-runner, so we've only got the, the two places now for standard terms. So you might have to shop around 
for those extra places if you wanted to back out in each way. Um, so yeah, he was just a horse I'd be interested in. I'm not sure about the form between Lump Sum and Fiercely Proud. I think it's hard to judge. Um, I don't think it was a proper proper race. Um, so I'd have to see see how how it fares there. Um, you not think it's good form behind Jericho de Repinay? I like Jericho de Repinay, but he did a lot wrong that day. Um, obviously, he was hanging up the straight, wasn't he? And he he, he didn't look. I'd sh- argue that Lumpsum did as well, though. He had a lot to make up. Yeah, to be fair, he did make up a a, a lot of good ground, but at the same time, I I just think because it was such a small field and they did go a bit of a cruel, I, I just thought. I just thought the race, the way it unfolded, I I didn't think a lot of the horses ever really gave their true run in that day. And I think moving forward, like you could you could run that race a couple of times and get another result on the day, uh, or you could see different performances from horses on the day. I didn't I didn't think I I thought I thought it was a bit of a a very muddling race. Like we'll know more probably in about a couple of more runs. Once these horses have had a couple of more runs, but I I just thought literal form like i mean secret screw like obviously you quite like him he, he wasn't that far back behind jericho de repine at newbury so yeah he he would have a squeak as well so i i, I think between like quite a few of those horses have got some interlinking form lines i think i, I, I i'm struggling to see which one is is the better form if, if, you, if you kind of get me yeah no that's fair um but like I said, I think it is a really good race. There's a lot of good horses and some that I think are going to turn out to be really nice types going forward. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. I don't think it is a penalty kick for Lumpsum at all um, because you got that fiercely proud in behind him there. He wasn't too far behind at Doncaster. And I think Secret Swimmer has actually been overlooked quite a bit because he's a nice horse. He's really consistent. So... We'll have to see who comes out on top. It's definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it's one of those races that we could look back and there could easily be four or five nice horses. And that's why I've even mentioned Helm Wayne and Ida Wood not saying they're going to win. But I wouldn't be at all surprised if one of them maybe finished in the first three. So, um, yeah, it's definitely. I think you can make a case for all of them. There's, a, there's only nine pounds between them all on official ratings. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, could be a race that will work out well over time we're now going to move on to the 337 to the coral trophy handicap chase and phlegmatic is your favorite six to one we then got forward plan along with tweed skirt seven to one black jack magic at eights along with bow to greatness and lord badsley il Rodoto nines al dancer tens killer cane twelves bigger are the rest katie there's definitely a few old favorites in here um who are you going to be going for I think Phlegmatic is the obvious place to start. He's at £3 for his Campton win over Chianti Classico, but he was just beaten by our power in the race last year uh, when rated £5 lower. He has to have a leading chance here because he always seems to run well at the track. You'd expect that this would have been the target for him following his running it last year. He's usually a sound jumper, and, and I think the mark is workable enough for him. So I think he's probably the one to beat. Um, he's the current favourite and I'd expect him to stay at the top of the market. Um, so I think he's going to have a very good chance of going one better this this year. Um, I have to mention Il Rodoto, who I have a real soft spot for. He's 
he's always done well for me at, at Cheltenham. He's such a consistent horse and he's really deserving of his day in the sun. Uh, he was a good winner at Cheltenham last season. I, I really do think that's his track. This is going to be just completely different for him. Um, I'm not sure if it is going to suit him as much as as Cheltenham does, and he's still quite high in the weights uh, up in trip as well. I can see him, again, running well enough to place, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was one or two that was better on the day or, or maybe just better handicapped. Uh, the horse that I'm most interested in is actually Lord Baddersley for Chris Gordon. Chris Gordon's been in really good form uh, recently. And this horse finished second to Inch House at Newbury, ahead of Killer Kane early in the season. He's up three pounds for that. He's on a mark of one, three, two now. Um, he's just unexposed over this trip, and, and I thought he was a really in, interesting runner. This is his first run over three miles, but the way that he was finishing at Newbury, I think it, it suggested that you know, this trip is going to really suit him. Um, so I think he could show even further improvement. And I'd say in Charles's Frank the form as well with that second to jump down. I thought that was a really good run. And there's a couple of winners that were in behind him that day as well. Java Point, JJ Riley. Um, so the form has been franked. And as I said, Chris Gordon in flying form. He's currently performing at a 42% strike rate. Uh, and he's had a couple of nice winners recently as well. He had annual Invictus at Doncaster in that big handicap, didn't he? I think uh, Lord Baddersley could run a really big race. Okay, Lord Baddersley is for one of my all-time favourite trainers, Chris Gordon, uh, podcast favourite. Uh, he is. Um, yeah, I thought this was tricky enough, but I've kind of landed on Tweed Skirt. Um, I think it's interesting that they ran her over hurdles last time out. Um, because why would they have done that unless they want, wanted to protect her mark? Um, the way she won over uh, Kempton at Christmas was just very impressive. Um, not sure she beat a whole world of good in behind. Um, there were a few horses in there that I think have kind of come to the end of their tether, but she couldn't have really done it any more impressively. And... Yes, she would definitely need to improve again to win this, but the way she won that day, she looked better than a one for one horse, in my opinion. Um, she's got plenty of form over this course and distance. She likes going right-handed. Probably could do the ground just drying out a little bit, but there was a bit of juice in the ground when she won at Kempton, so that wouldn't completely put put me off. Um, and I just I just think she's got a really good chance. Uh, but Killer Kane is another horse on my list. Um, I didn't think he ran. That badly last time out when finishing third. That was after a wind up. Um, he, he just looked like he needed the run that day. And he is probably going to be heading back to the top. And like a few horses we've mentioned on this podcast, he finished third in that race last year when I put him up at a big price. And I just think he's a horse that will, will win a big race at some point. And maybe this could be the day. He has good record round here as previously as well. So I do think at 12 to 1. He isn't a bad price at all, and I could see him making the frame. But, yeah, you can definitely make a case for quite a few in here. Phlegmatic, as well as Katie mentioned, has a favourites chance, but maybe it's just gone up enough in the weights now. So we'll have to see how um, how they get on. So that's all the races that Kempton covered. We're now going to move over to Newcastle, 
where they have their one of their featured jump races of the year. It's the 208. It's a betting dot bet. Either handicap chase. Um, Angus Crag is your favourite four to one. Fenton Tigers next in the betting at sixes. Gold Clermont at sevens. Falara Scotland at fifteen to two. The Galloping Bear eight to one. Tommy Bow is also eight to one. Major Dundee tens. Bigger are the rest. Katie, I'll come to you here first. Um, Angus Crag is he a horse that you think will stay the the long trip? It's hard to say because it isn't just a step up in trip. It's a it's a huge step up in trip, isn't it? So it's really hard to tell. I think you just don't know until you try them really with with this kind of race and at, at the prices. I just think he's much too short in a race like this. Thirteen runners, almost four miles, two furlongs. It's going to be a real test, and it's heavy going as well currently at Newcastle. So even if he does stay the extra distance, he's going to have to be a really, really strong stayer to stay it well in that kind of ground. So at the prices, he's one that I'd be happy enough just to leave. Um, I do think the ground is potentially too soft for him as well. I don't think it will it will actually suit him. He has run on soft to heavy, but it was in two-mile bumper. So this is, this is quite different. Um, am I right in saying that his recent performances have come on ground that's decent enough, um, I think? So it's just a, it's a tricky one to know. Um, but he, he's won other prices, I say. I'd just be willing to leave him. There's two bigger prices that I do like. So I'm going to... One of them, actually, looking now, he's been quite well-backed already. Um they both have. Wow, Flower Scotland's fifteen to two now. Yeah. She was fourteen to one earlier today. I'm just I'm quite surprised by that. But she's my selection. Um she was pulled up on her most recent start, but she was slow over the first few fences and then she was just kept losing ground. Uh she was at the rear of the field. She just never was able to get into a rhythm to get involved at all. And I think she was given quite an easy time of things after that because the race was lost for her, really. She's seen her best effect on softer ground, so she will absolutely love these conditions. And she's a proven stayer over the trip. Um, now, on a mark of 120, she is six pounds higher than her last winning mark, but she finished third um, in front of the likes of Trucker's Lodge, who I think is a, is a really good horse at this kind of race. Uh, and the Wolf as well, when she was rated £2 higher than this mark when she ran in the Edinburgh National last year. So she's proven that she can run off this mark and be competitive. Um, £2 lower than that here now. Conditions to suit. She's a proven stayer. I think this will just be perfect for her. So I, I really fancy her chances, and other people do as well, obviously, because she's halved in price. Uh, Sandy Thompson as well is in flying form, 31% strike rate. I'm really confident in her chances. Another one that I will mention as well, though, that I think could run a big race is Major Dundee, and, and he was also pulled up last time um, at Warwick. But I'd forgive him that run because I'd say strange. The ground was drying all day. Um, so it's hard to know what it was really like. Uh, I wonder if it was it was quite sticky ground and it was probably hard work, but it wasn't that kind of soft ground that is 
is just nicer to run on for some of these horses. Um, but he's another one that's proven over the trip in soft conditions. And he's only three pounds higher than when he won the Midlands Grand National last match. So I think he's going to have a good each way chance. Uh, but my main selection will be Flower of Scotland. Uh, thank you. you. You didn't mention the ones I like there. So uh, we're ticking off um, the boxes. Um, now, I he would be my main selection if he turns up here. But I don't think he is, and he's gonna run. Um, he's gonna run probably tomorrow in the Devon National. But that is City Ishmael, um, because this horse was a huge eye catcher last time out in the Sussex National when finishing the fifth. Now I know it says he was beaten eighteen lengths, but he hadn't shown anything at all this season, and turning. Down the back straight when he was running down there, I thought he was going to come there with a chance. I just think he he probably just got tired closing on, but that was a good run that I think should be marked up. And he's now down to a mark of one two seven, which is now down to his last winning mark. And if you go back through some of his form, he's a proper marathon. Um, he, he's, he comes into his own over these marathon trips. He won the Lincolnshire National on Boxing Day a few years ago at Market Raisin. He's run over three and a half miles where he finished second by a short head behind Bangers and Cash. He finished um, second in the West Wales National behind Trucker's Lodge last year off, off 134. So he's definitely a horse that's capable of um, doing quite well in these kind of races. Now, his first priority is for the Devon National, and Jared Harney is, um, well, Garrett Harney, he probably butchers his name, is but for the ride to claim a handy £7 off. So that would definitely help him massively, and I just think he's a horse that, I'm not saying he's going to win, but I could see him running a huge race because he's now down to a really good mark. He doesn't mind deep ground, and... I just think he's a horse that's got maybe one more day in him. And uh, I think that was a better run last time out at Plumpton. But if he doesn't go, my other selection that I quite liked in the race did run in that race at Plumpton, and that was Tommy Bow. Um, he's quite an easy horse to obviously find in the race. He's got a lot of decent form figures next to his name this season. In his last three starts, he's won two and finished second. Um, he's won some big regional nationals like so the Southern National, the Durham National. So we know he stays. He doesn't mind a bit of juice in the ground. Seamus Mullins is going okay. I just thought, round about eight to one, he might not be good enough to win again, but off one three six, I could definitely see him being there or thereabouts. And that race, I, I, I mentioned um, behind Dom and Mary. I don't think that was a bad race at all. You had. The likes of Dominary run okay again next time out at Sandown. You had Rose of Arcadia run a good race in the military race at Sandown as well. So there is some substance to that form. And I just think, I say, you know he's going to stay. And for me, I, I think he, he's not bad each way price at 8 1. So I, I am going to go for Tommy Bowen following that Sussex National form in, it seems. But anyway, we, we've spent. Uh, too much time on the Ida, probably enough, probably longer than it's actually going to take the horses to complete. So, yeah, apologies there, but um, yeah, that's the Ida chase covered. We are going to stay on our jump theme here because I know Katie wants to have a look at a couple of races 
uh, on the card at Chepstow. They've got a good card there on Saturday afternoon. It's one of those Potemps um, cards where they've got a qualifier. And Katie, um, yeah, you, the floor's yours. Take it away. Who did you want to talk about there? Yeah, in the 308 at Chepstow, classic Concord. He's a course and distance winner who I think will love the testing round uh, at the track. I think he can go well from the front end as he did in December. He is six pounds higher than his last win, um, but the form of that run has been franked by subsequent winners in Jafraud and Bells of Peterborough, who's also running tomorrow. So we'll see how he gets on tomorrow. Um, but I think the return to the softer ground after a disappointing effort at Huntington will really help him. And although this does require further improvement, I think the race could just work out in his favour. Um, and with that track form on home turf, I think he's going to have a big chance. And I'd be hoping he'd be quite a nice price as well. So I'm going to go for classic Concord there. Yeah, can definitely see the angle in with him. Good run last time out and does well at the track. Just throwing it out there, I'm not going to back him, but Mum Morel, what's he doing here? Uh, running over hurdles, three miles, Freddie Ginger playing top weight. Um, they're trying to get him qualified for the race. Do they think he's well handicapped over hurdles? Maybe He's some... a better hurdler, to be fair. He's a better hurdler than a jumper over fences, I'd say. Yeah, that, that is probably a, a fair comment, but I guess with what he's been doing of late, you just can't really trust him, I suppose. So, yeah, no. it looks like he's it... a lovely horse. Though. He's one of the the best looking horses I've seen. He's a gorgeous horse. Yeah, but it's just one of those things that beauty and brains or whatever it goes, they don't always go together, do they? So, no. yeah, who knows? Maybe Monmorel could turn back his career in the attempts. I don't think so, but he's definitely a, a fascinating runner nonetheless. So that is Chepstow covered off. We're now going to go to the other ITV racing at Serval for a couple of races there. They've got a good card um, on the all-weather. And the first race we're going to look at is the 245. It's the Bet UK Heaver Sprint Stakes. It's a listed race. Clarendon House is your favourite at 11 to 10. We've then got Diligent Harriet, 7 to 2. Thunder Bear at 10 to 1. One Pan 14s. Higher Mate, 16s. Bigger are the rest. Katie, um... Clarendon House. I know he's a horse that has a lot of ability, but he's a little bit too short, isn't he? I think he is in a sprint race like this. Like I know he's well in on ratings, but anything can can happen, really. It was a good fourth last time at Maiden, um, but he beat uh, Emma Ratiana that day. He was in fifth by about the same distance that Juan Lapanz has. And Juan Lapanz, I thought, was a huge price at 14 to 1. He is dropping back in trip, which is maybe a slight concern because he isn't proven over this five furlong. But I do think he could run a big race. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, it, it's very competitive. There's actually a couple of others in there at huge prices. Abarama Gold is capable on his day. Bedford Flyer. Bergerac, 33 to 1 is, is a really big price, although on the ratings it, it makes sense. But with these sprinters, you can never really tell if they're on a going day or not. They could put in a big performance on fine wine as well as a horse that I've bet plenty of times, of course, and distance winner. So I think he, you know, there could be a surprise in here. And I'm just a little bit weary about taking a, a horse at even, around even money in a sprint like this. So. I'm interested in Van Le Pan. Yeah, I think he's definitely worth taking on. I mean, 
Clarendon House, we know he's a good horse on his day, but he always is one of those horses that I think everybody knows his ability and he always seems to go off really short prices. And uh, I think over the years I've had my fingers burnt more with him than I have had success. So he's definitely a horse that I probably would want to take on here. Um, for me, I thought the horse you mentioned, Fine Wine, could be in with a chance. Low numbers on the sprint course have been doing quite well at the moment, and he's drawn in still one, and he's a horse that can just be really hard to catch, catch when he's on a going day. He's normally a fast starter and just has a lot of speed. He's got a really good record over the course and distance, winning four times. The last time we saw him, he did finish um, behind Clarendon House when finishing fifth. But at that time, Scott Dixon was having a few issues with his horses because his yard got flooded. And um, they had to transport and move some of the horses around um, because he's actually based down at Savile with one of his yards. So I think you have to sit up and take note there. Quite a few of his horses weren't, weren't running up to scratch. The yard have been a little bit better of late. They've had a couple of winners. They've had a few placed horses. So I'm hoping that they're in a better place. And I just thought 33 to 1... On his day, we know he's a class horse. He just might be good enough to get involved here, definitely each way. So for me, I think um, I think Fine Winer will be pulling off a, a few uh, few punts. I could definitely see him springing a surprise. And uh, yeah, for me, I, I'm going to be going for him. But yeah, Fine Winer is for me. But it's not definitely going to be everyone's cup of tea. We're now going to move on to the last race we're going to look at, which is the 320, which is the Bet UK Winter Derby Stakes. Uh, Lord North is your favourite, 13 to 8. We then got Military Order at 5 to 2, Tyranian C 5 to 1, Iden 6s, Claymore 20s, and Forrester Dean 40 to 1 outside of the field. Katie, Lord North um, has won this race a few times in his career, um, but this is now at Subble and not Lingfield. And it's up an extra furlong. Um, concerned? I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I don't think any of the others are good enough to beat him, really, if he's on a going day. So it's more of a case of if he is actually as good as he was and if he's good enough here. I don't think the others are. I think they've got loads to find to, to match up with him. Um like we've seen him go well fresh in the past, so that won't be an issue. I don't think the trip will be too much of an issue, to be honest. Um, so I wouldn't be too concerned about it. And thirteen to eight could look like a really good price because he's eleven pounds clear of military order on ratings. I know military order. He's a brother to Adayar. He improved last time you could say when when he finished second to enemy here but i think that was a race that he probably should have been winning um and and he didn't and although he could improve for it i just would have some question marks about him i, I think he's difficult to trust at the moment um so i wouldn't really be jumping to take on lord north here so Basca did have an entry but he hasn't been declared i i was a little bit concerned about the slap up and trip for him though um but he was a massive price, I think, about 40 to 1. Obviously, he won't be running. But I think Lord North is probably a favourite that I'd rather be sticking with than taking on anyway. But it, it, it's probably not a race that I'd be having a bat in. Okay, I actually quite fancied military order. I just thought he was in need of the run. 
not been seen for a little while and I just thought it was a little bit of a messy race last time out I just think they didn't go very fast Claymore went out set slow fractions and I just don't think he, he was suited by the way the race was run I just think with that fitness edge now under his belt I think I'd expect him to, to step forward for that we know that uh, Charlotte Appleby thinks quite highly of him he was their derby horse last year obviously it didn't come off and he was then very disappointing at Chester but I wouldn't completely write him off yet the market was definitely behind him last time out when he was sent off 11 to 8 favourite and Charlie Appleby's horses are running really well at the moment they're operating at a 47% strike rate they had a good night at uh, Kempton on Wednesday having a double there and I just I just can see him improving on that run and I think at 5 to 2 I think he could end up going a little bit shorter so for me I'm going to be siding with um with military order but that's all we've got time for this week on the podcast thanks again to katie for giving up her time hopefully we've provided you with some winners this week remember to subscribe to us on all the podcast platforms or on soundcloud spotify apple and youtube as well so do give us a follow on there uh please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon